There's a lot of new features in terms of age, gender, past behaviors on the web of exactly who I'm specifically reaching with my search ads. So there's still paid search isn't what it was in, in 2007 and it's grown a lot since. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, your weekly jolt of all things digital and inbound marketing. Brought to you by redpandas.com.au. Now for your host and co-founder of Red Pandas, Moby Sadiq. Welcome to Inbound Buzz. I'm your host, Moby Sadiq, and you're listening to episode number 52. I hope you're well and ready to geek out on how to create a whole bunch of leads and customers, because today we're talking about direct response paid media ads, Facebook, Google, even Bing, and some of the most underutilized features and almost secrets you can take advantage of today, as well as some exciting things on the horizon you need to be aware of. All thanks, of course, to Mark Irvine, one of the very talented engines, the data scientist behind WordStream and also the WordStream blog as well. Mark delivers a fantastic masterclass and I don't care if you're a pro or a beginner with $500, which I ask him about too, by the way, you're going to learn a lot about paid media ads. So let's jump straight into it and learn a thing or two from Mark Irvine. My guest today is Mark Irvine, the resident data scientist at WordStream. If you've ever read the amazing WordStream blog or seen Larry Kim speak at an event, chances are you've seen Mark's data. Mark also manages the WordStream relationship with Google, Microsoft, and Facebook, so he's got the perfect pulse on what search engine marketers need to be on top of. Mark, you guys really have brought the sexy back with PPC, and it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Oh, man, it's a pleasure to have that kind of introduction. So thank you, Moby. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Okay, cool. Let's kick into it. What does a, I don't think we've ever had a data scientist on the show. What do you actually do? Right. So, I mean, the great thing about digital marketing as opposed to the old offline terrestrial media buys is that with that comes all kinds of numbers and all kinds of data, not on, not only about who's reaching you and how how frequently and your depth and your penetration, but um, to the point that a lot of times we're overwhelmed with this this data, and that the number one the number one fear of SC of CEOs across the world is not having enough data. The number two fear is not doing enough with the data that they have. So I kind of really attack that second problem. Um, all of these. AdWords and Facebook and as you get more sophisticated with SEO creates a lot of data that a lot of people aren't comfortable dealing with at a aggregate level. And so basically what I spend my time here at WordStream is focusing on trends that are happening underneath the trends within AdWords, within Bing, within Facebook, within SEO to see exactly where where people should be focusing truly focusing their time rather than just listening to um, the thought leaders who speak the loudest, really letting the data speak from an aggregate level itself. Yeah, I like that. I really like that comment, particularly your last part around, um, you know, what the biggest voices are talking about because it can be so distracting that it's often your stuff, you know, the data stuff that actually really speaks volume. So that's a great little insight there. So I first want to talk a little bit about 
the WordStream platform. So search engine marketers, you know, as, as they're kind of known, or even in-house marketers, spend so much time doing keyword research. And I'm talking about AdWords keyword research. And then they have to build all these ad groups and then review the keywords and add negatives and whatnot. Now, I, honestly, I feel your tool, WordStream, from the, I mean, all, <laughs> the, all the sides, but the PPC side, is almost like the best kept secret in Australia. And But I, I want to know from your own words, what does WordStream's PPC product specifically do and how do they help SMEs and marketers? Right. So specifically what our product does is it all of that stuff you described in terms of keyword research and building out ad groups and campaigns and creating new ads, that's all very mechanical, but it's all very repetitive processes mm. that you can genuinely spend 40 hours a week managing your paid search account just by doing a handful of things. What the WordStream platform does is it programmatically, prescriptively does that work for you. So that rather than doing 40 hours of work doing seven tasks, you can do those seven tasks within 20 minutes a week. And so that is our flagship product. It's a 20-minute work week that allows you to focus on exactly what's going to move the needle in your, your account or in your clients' accounts across AdWords, Bing Ads, and Facebook. Yeah, cool. I like that. And the platform itself, the I'll ask about the social side in a second, but um, I definitely use the PPC side and I highly rate it. So um, just so people, obviously this is a podcast, we'll definitely share some screenshots and whatnot in the show notes. But what I like about it, you can go into this thing. So, and obviously you, you correct me where I'm wrong, Mark, but you can go into this thing. You're not actually in the AdWords platform. You're in the WordStream platform. And mm-hmm. you know the 20-minute thing is really true. Like you'll say, hey, you know what? These are five key suggestions. Do you want to review these suggestions, for example? You know, add these negatives that you're wasting uh, money on. You know, so negative keywords, uh, you know, are keywords that you don't want to be bidding on. So if we're in the, you know, we're selling books or actually another example might be equipment hire. You don't want to come up for equipment for sale. You want to come up for hire, so it will help you with that. I don't know if you want to add anything more to the platform. Uh, I, I find it really easy to use, and I kind of like how I don't need to jump into AdWords um, if I just want to do a quick little audit. No, that's exactly the, the idea behind it. Uh, primarily, we're focused on small and medium businesses who would have traditionally struggled in the AdWords platform or agencies who have so many clients. I mean, we have an in-house agency that uses the platform just so that they can manage more clients more efficiently. In fact, a quarter of our clients are agencies who manage dozens of AdWords accounts themselves, but choose to use the platform because it does all of these things um, so much quicker. And it does it in line, like you said, without having to log into the AdWords platform, but simultaneously without having to log into the Bing platform as well. Because we all know that uh, Bing love hate relationship with Bing at times, but it does, it can double the amount of work that we spend just managing our clients' AdWords accounts or <laughs> Bing accounts in this case. Yeah, I had a, I had a uh, Bing question for you, a few questions down, but I'll ask you now because you mentioned it. Um, is Bing worth it? Like, I mean, last time I checked, this was oh, maybe two months ago, we finally hit double digits in Australia and you, you might have more up-to-date data but I think we hit 10 or 11% in Australia we've, we've got a huge US contingent as well um, right. listener base so I know it's a lot more important there but uh, on the Australian side like, is it worth it and are you seeing any interesting or exciting things coming out of the Bing camp 
So I will absolutely agree with you that right now. Okay, so that that 12% figure, that 12% figure is accurate for desktop searches. Sure. Uh, within Australia, what I think that Bing has really exceeded at over the past. So first, over the past three years, Bing has grown its market share every single month. Um, there has not been a consecutive months in which Bing has ever lost market share in the Australian or in the US or in the UK market. Mm. So when there, that like if we were having this conversation two years ago, we'd be talking about the 6% market share in Australia. So doubled within the past two years. And what I also add to that is that um, Microsoft, owner of Bing, is well positioned in terms of other platforms outside of just the desktop. So the big reason why uh, Bing jumped to 12% in the past two years in Australia is because of its integration with Windows 10. That regardless of if you're searching in Edge or if you're searching in Internet Explorer or if you're searching within Office or if you do a search from your Skype bar, that will automatically default to Bing. Um, if you use any kind of voice search platform, unless you're specifically using Google's voice search, if you're using Siri, if you're using Amazon's Alexa, uh, if you're using Cortana, all of those are Bing searches. And so a lot of what you're seeing develop in terms of Bing isn't necessarily people who are going to bing.com and doing that search, but it's people who are more natively searching, more conversationally searching. Um, as we talk about Microsoft developing you know, the HoloLens, a lot of the new technology is really going to come more on the Microsoft side rather than the Google side. Google has really pigeonholed itself in being the search giant. And, you know, that's a great place to be. I'm not going to say that Bing isn't wholly wonderful. But a lot of the interesting, exciting things that are coming out of coming out of the search market these days seems to be being led by Microsoft, which is a kind of interesting distinction that we haven't seen Microsoft play before. The, the fact that they bought LinkedIn is there any developments there you've seen? Because there was a lot of you know hoo ha when it kind of came about, and a lot of uh, you know voices out there. Uh, you know, on the Inbound Buzz podcast, we raised some predictions as well. But it seems like it's kind of gone quiet at the moment. Now that Microsoft has LinkedIn, and obviously they've got Bing, mm-hmm. is there any integration on the horizon, or is there any evolve that's coming, or or anything you've noticed? So. I think what a lot of people are looking for is a lot of people are looking for Bing to have all of those kinds of targeting options that you see in LinkedIn, that kind of notion of targeting people based off of their occupation, right? Mm. But what you're actually kind of seeing right now, at least, is the opposite. You're actually seeing kind of this micro-revolution in LinkedIn advertising. That if we were to talk about LinkedIn again, before Microsoft's intervention, LinkedIn ads were very rudimentary. There were there were all these targeting options that you could do off of an individual, but any kind of keyword targeting was very lackluster. And even basic things like conversion tracking was incomplete at best. 
And what you're seeing right now is you're seeing Microsoft really take that, the investment in the LinkedIn platform as is. Uh, so a lot of the things that are coming out of the V11 API of Bing, you're actually also seeing grow on LinkedIn. So I think that where the areas of growth really sit right now, we're beginning to see that Microsoft integration more on LinkedIn whereas we're, we were all kind of looking for that LinkedIn integration into Microsoft. I believe that, you know, mm. I'm going to subscribe to the notion that everyone else, that optimistic notion that everyone else subscribes to, that you will see similar kinds of features roll over into Bing and roll over to the search side. But right now I'd put that closer to the latter half of 2017, if not uh, Q1 2018 right now, right. that right now they're, they're really doing that micro-revolution on the LinkedIn side. Right, and honestly, and you probably know better than most, it was long overdue, so finally you can uh, do conversion tracking, finally you can target you know, keywords and have more dynamic targeting methods, which sounds great. I want to go back to the search side in a second. And, and mm -hmm. this is this is more out of personal interesting because I've I've definitely used the WordStream paid or the PPC side, um, but social is is definitely an area you guys have grown into, and I, I haven't really explored it. So, what are you guys doing in the social space on, on the WordStream platform? So very similarly, if you're talking about how do you get set up with set up with AdWords, you talk about identifying your key your key campaigns and your keyword areas and matching your your logic in terms of add to keyword in that sense with the ad the ad group formula we're doing the very similar kind of match of the audience on Facebook and so it's a very prescriptive kind of solution where we're going to start you off with exactly the audiences that work best with you on Google or in Bing which is going to be your remarketing audiences, growing those audiences and then opening up similar kinds of affinity, similar types of more personal targeting options as you see that success with Facebook. Um, a lot of where we're well positioned on social isn't so much in taking people who have very sophisticated Facebook accounts and growing them to $2 million accounts. Mm. What we're really focused on is people who have either tried Facebook in the past and failed or have done a lot of search but haven't yet made that expansion to social. Over the past two years, we see that Facebook went from having 2 million advertisers at the end of 2014 to 4 million advertisers at the end of 2016 that they've doubled in the past two years. And a lot of that growth has been in the small, medium business market. So we're specifically catering to this bulk of AdWords Bing customers and trying to help them make that migration over. Right, awesome. So it, it's great. It is ideal for you guys aren't trying to pretend to be the new power editor. It is for people making that migration over to social advertising um, by remarketing, retargeting first, and then slowly getting into it, right? Right, correct. I mean, if you've got a $2 million account that you'd like to bring on board with us, I'm happy to talk, but that's not, that's not our focus. Oh, man, yeah, I'd be happy to talk to anyone who's got $2 million and they want to spend something. So, right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay, so before you confuse us with your uh, data science mastery, because I've got some technical, tactical questions for you coming up, 
Apply. if someone isn't doing any PPC at all, so you mentioned, okay, if someone isn't doing social, but they're on WordStream, it's a great start. But if someone isn't doing any PPC, any paid at all, and they've mm. never done it before, what are some of the one or two features, be they text or remarketing or whatever comes out of your brain, you think they should start on if you're approaching Google AdWords? So I imagine that this is going to be a similar kind of conversation that you have with uh, content marketers, that when you're doing your SEO research, and you hopefully you hopefully have some kind of SEO research in this, or some kind of content plan, that you obviously have some kind of words that you hope to rank for and that you expect people to be searching for. And the great thing about paid search is that it's not a unique process. It's not a unique customer funnel from your organic search. That there's still that all of your SEO research and all of your content strategy still plays directly into your paid strategy and that you can use paid to accelerate that. So what I always encourage people to do is to specifically apply that research that they have from their organic side to really craft their paid side. They might not see the best results or perfect results on day one, but that insight is a perfect feedback loop. That if you see that all of your content strategy, all of your SEO research guides you in a certain direction and it's simply not panning out on paid, then very likely that's valuable feedback for both sides of the house. That if this, these types of searches aren't driving conversions, aren't driving re-engagement, aren't meaningful visits to your site, you know, that's, that's valuable for both paid search and SEO in terms of making that, those optimization. So I always do believe that one hand washes the other between paid and organic, and you can use those insights cross-network. From there, of course, um, you have people arriving at your site. Remarketing is a natural evolution of that. And of course, where we stand, social remarketing is the perfect next step. Mm. Why don't you quickly, uh, just quickly explain what remarketing is for anyone who hasn't done that before? Right. Uh, so we've all been there. We've shopped for shoes online. And then all too soon after we visit that site, we see those pairs of shoes that we were looking at that we didn't purchase quite literally follow us around, leaving footprints all over, all over the web within our social feeds. And so those types of ads that quite literally follow you around the web. Those are what we would call remarketing ads and sure. very popular, very popular, very effective for most kinds of businesses. They'll follow you until their dying days. Now, one <laughs> thing, one thing um, uh, I've recommended in the past, because one thing that irks me quite a bit, um, I remember buying a carbon fiber bike, which I haven't used, by the way, still sitting there, it's been there for a year, but I remember buying a bike and then even after I bought it, I was chased with that thing. And I'm like, how many carbon fiber bikes do you want me to buy? So, you know, like one, I don't know if you have any other uh, suggestions, but one thing I often recommend people do on AdWords is set up an exclusion list of sorts so the people who have bought are not getting it. Any other tips like that or any other sort of remarketing strategies you've seen work well? No, so of course having that excluded audience is, is valuable. That's the word, um, yeah. And so that could be that could mean anything to your business. That could be that they've they've purchased from you and you don't expect them to buy again, or that they've arrived at a they've been on your list. You've shown them ads for thirty days and you don't believe that after thirty period of time. Um, so that kind of window, that membership duration, 
varies a lot from business to business. So shoes, like if you don't buy a pair of shoes within a week or so, then then you're likely not going to buy that pair of shoes. But if you're talking about a car, I mean, that's a larger a larger purchase in your life that you're naturally going to, when you start looking at cars, you're going to do a lot of web searches, do some financing, figure out exactly what's going on with your life and something that's going to play out over the course of a month, two months, three months. So I always recommend that uh, you set your membership duration, how long you follow people around with their ads relative to how long you expect people to be in the funnel for your, or in market for your particular good and making that that kind of uh, decision is how, how long you're going to be advertising to these people. I like that. Then, That's really good. Yes, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. And then thereafter, they finally make that purchase. Your business is unique. How frequently do people buy from you again? A lot of the things that we buy, we buy on more of a subscription model. So in your case, you bought a bike. You're likely not going to buy a bike again for the next year, Hope, hopefully. Um, but if you're selling shampoo, very likely that bottle of shampoo they bought, they're going to run out of it 30, 60 days in. When do you begin to re-engage with your past customers and begin to sell them that same product that you know they bought from you in the past? And so there's a good way that remarketing is not only a good way to push people towards the purchase funnel, but it's a good way to nurture your existing leads into re-engagement like that absolutely and you know you, you, you talk about understanding how long that funnel is and how long people take to buy um, this stuff you can get for free right analytics will tell you you know um, how many touch points it took to get to your site if you're using marketing automation software you can see the average time someone came into your ecosystem and how long it took them to convert so a lot of data can be uh, utilized there now this is this is a, a terrible question because there are very few golden rules in our industry right it's no longer oh the right. button has to be red you know but if you had to try one medium you know facebook or adwords or, or whatever and you had five hundred dollars where would you put your first five hundred dollars and why that's a that is both a a terrible and good question <laughs> i you know i'm still partial to AdWords, I do believe that there is there is meaning to a search intent. That yes, Facebook is has ninety percent of reach across most major markets, uh, and that it, it can be effective. But these are people who are specific. When you arrive on Facebook, you're specifically not looking to buy a thing. Whereas when you're on Google and you're making a search for shampoo or you're making a search for a car you're looking for answers and you're looking for answers fairly immediately uh, particularly these days google google takes all too much pride in telling you that it came up with six million results for your search in a fraction of a second and that's the kind of the speed at which the internet really works so if i were exclusively buying digital and i had to only buy one, I would definitely open with search and begin begin to play around with exactly who I'm reaching on search, not only just the terms that I'm reaching them on, but there's a lot of there's a lot of new features in terms of age, gender, past behaviors on the web of exactly who I'm specifically reaching with my search ads. So there's still paid search isn't what it was in in two thousand seven and it's Ooh. grown a lot since that I, I do believe that there's tons of improvement that you can make even with $500 a month 
on AdWords. Sure. And I, I love, um, um, you know, competition is always great, right? You know, with Facebook trying to be the masters of, you know, demographics and behavior search. It feels like Google <clears> really has stepped up as well and competition is great. So you touched on that. I'd love, ex- love for you to expand on the demographic targeting for search because it's, it's relatively new um, and not really widely used yet. So what is demographic targeting for search and why should people care? Sure. So obviously, and I feel like you're, you're 100% right that Facebook is kind of kind of the kingpin and kind of pressuring the networks of Microsoft and Google to really look into this demographic targeting. But so for the longest time on AdWords, if you were to show for a keyword, let's say mountain bikes, you would be search showing that your ads to everyone who was searching for mountain bikes. And as Facebook really took prominence, obviously Facebook's still a relatively new successful advertising platform but as facebook really came out has all these robust targeting based off of age and gender and occupation and marital status and everything that's possibly going on with your life that we all openly convey on our facebook feeds um you can target off of on on facebook now google and both bing are having to try and even reach parity with Facebook. That very recently, over the summer, I want to say, uh, Google started allowing you to trigger your ads based off of whether or not the person who was searching was male or female, whether the person who was searching was 20 or 60. Um, and you begun to get age and gender demographics right on the SERP. What we do know is that Speaking of speaking of Microsoft leading the way a little bit is that Microsoft has begun to be talk about their betas for the early Q2, Q1, Q2 of 2016, and they're specifically opening up to more uh, custom audiences, not only just people who have been to your site, but also people who have searched for similar products. So if you're a uh, if you're someone who is selling cars, Microsoft is looking at specific ways to, of how you can show your ads exclusively to people who are in market for buying a new car or in market for buying a used car or things, categorical objects like that, um, where you can, Microsoft is basically mining data of how, how often and how frequently people are searching for these things so that if all of a sudden February 1st, you started searching for brand new car, and then February 2nd, you're going looking at financing options, and you keep doing a lot of automotive searches. Mm. Well, Microsoft is beginning to look at specifically how can you cater your ads and how can you target that group of people differently, knowing that they're currently actively searching, having repeated searches for auto new car kinds of searches rather than just anyone who is searching for a new car. And mm-hmm. so those are the kinds of things that we're going to start seeing the search engines really contribute here. Um, so of course, I'm not saying that they're going to have complete parity of what's going on on Facebook where you can target the president of the United States. <laughs> God help you. Um, but but there there is going to be a whole lot of parody in terms of exactly what 
who your ads show on to the SERP rather than just to what they're searching for. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So they're, they're shifting to just to re- exactly rehash what you said, shifting from what they're searching. So conceivably, Mark, could I run a, 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 a ad group that's one is actually targeting what they're searching and the other one is who are these people? I can do that now, right? Right. Fantastic. Awesome. Um, before I get on to, uh, I want to ask you um, a few questions about Facebook, but using Google for content promotion, you guys do some amazing content, which I'll get onto as well, but what are your thoughts about using Google for content promotion? I think it's, I think it's valuable. I mean, the things that just having, having your content show up on the first page of the SERP, regardless if it's paid content or if it's organic content, that's meaningful for your business. And so even if you're going top of the funnel and you're just trying to get people to learn more about your product or learn more about your industry. I mean, I'm very comfortable saying the fact that we buy the, we buy the keyword paid search and we show up organically for the keyword paid search. And because we believe that the, our audience is those small, medium businesses who are trying to learn or trying to improve basic fundamentals of paid search. So just having them, you know, you're being have an educational process with them. Of course, once they come to your website, you cookie them, you add them to a remarketing list, and you can begin to actually sell them further along the line. That content promotion need not be a goal in itself, but it can be a means to a goal of selling them via another channel. Mm, I like that top of funnel. Get them early in the buying process before they even figure out the alternatives out there. Get them early when they're just trying to educate themselves on the subject matter. Fantastic. What are you liking on Facebook ads at the moment? I know that, that question we could probably do an hour webinar on it ourselves, but what are, yeah. you, what, are your, what are you liking about Facebook ads at the moment? So what I'm liking a lot about Facebook, I was actually hugely skeptical two years ago about Facebook. I thought that it was just a way to reach an audience while they weren't particularly engaged. And I, I said that it didn't have the same reach as the Google Display Network and that it was, you know, basically all these words will come back to haunt me <laughs> two years from now as well. Um, but what I'm actually really liking about what Facebook is doing these days is it's no longer just that image ad on the right hand rail. It, a lot of Facebook is specifically looking at different ad formats on different devices to help people specifically answer questions or to promote content or uh, to convert differently. So very recently, Google, sorry, Facebook started opening up uh, these lead form ads. And on mobile devices specifically, you can submit your phone number, get a call back, submit your email, get an email, um, and you can convert without ever leaving the native app of Facebook that you don't need to even open up a, a third-party page. Mm. Um, and what we're seeing is we're seeing that, of course, having tremendous results for people who are getting started on Facebook. I want to talk to you uh, a little bit about content marketing. So as someone on the other side, as a, as a general member of the public, I feel like you guys have really stepped up your game. You know, particularly you used to be the kind of go-to for me for – PPC news and PPC stuff, but now mm-hmm. it's more kind of generalist digital marketing stuff. Has that been a conscious strategy shift for you guys? And what can you talk to us about in terms of what your content strategy is? Sure. And so I feel like 
our content strategy is driven from who we believe our prospective customer is. That I, of course, we write a lot of paid search stuff still, but I'm not necessarily, I love making friends in the paid search industry, but I don't believe that our customers are going to be, or our prospective customers are as excited about something new, something revolutionary, some kind of intense data post about some semantic small change that's going on in AdWords that that is the current what's what of the week. Um, a lot of what our content is written for is specifically for people who are trying to get their grasps on an evolving digital world as a whole. That most of our customers we're talking about, these are small, medium businesses, that one person who is doing email marketing is also tasked with the AdWords campaign, is also tasked with a number of paid social campaigns and the SEO and the content. And with only 40 hours in a week, they have no idea exactly how to manage all of that time. So a lot of our content at times, if you're not, if you're not following us for a particular thing, it may sound, it may seem a little all over the place, but really the idea here is that it's, we're there to attract people who are looking for ways to improve their email marketing solution, knowing that that kind of person who's going to read it is also likely the person who's tasked with improving their paid search mm. marketing solution. And so we get them in there, we read them, we have them subscribe to the post, we send them a myriad of stuff, some of it paid search, some of it not paid search. Um, include them on those remarketing lists, include them on a lot of nurture campaigns, and eventually, you know, knock on wood, they become customers. If they don't become customers, then in the very least, they're fans and they can advocate and share a good word about all the hard work that our content writers do. Mark, I think that's a fantastic example of a brand who knows who they persona are, you know, the, the small, medium market, business marketer who, who's dealing with not only PPC, they're dealing with all the other stuff as well and developing content for them. Most often I find when people don't know what to write about, it's because they don't know their personas. I love that. That, that strategy of the evolve of, that I've noticed anyway is, is that the same thing? Is that, does Larry Kim follow the, the similar? So obviously Larry Kim, the founder of Wordstream, quite prolific <laughs> now. And I really feel he has solely been, like he's bought the sexy back in PPC. Like he makes it look cool, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, no, he's, he's got a good following. I'm jealous at times. Yeah, just you know, get a couple of unicorns. You might need to find something else than unicorns though, because that's his thing now. But um, yeah. has has he followed the same sort of path? Because he's also gone from you know the PPC expert to you know world class digital marketer. I saw him at Inbound in Boston last year. Um, can you shed any light on his personal branding strategy? I mean, Larry. Everyone I talk to, who not only just Larry, but uh, Perna, Doctor Pete from Moz. Um, Rand Fishkin, they're not just specific to their one niche. That it's it's very very difficult to specifically own just paid search in the very same sense that it would be very boring if I specifically just owned math and engineering. Um, that you have to that in order to attract people, particularly attract uh, people who are new to your industry, you have to be able to relate to them in what, what they're interested about. So I had to make that struggle when I first started doing marketing at all, just because, of course, if I came in here and I just did calculus and we talked about talked about Riemann sums, you'd, you'd be bored as, bored as all hell and this <laughs> podcast would do very poorly. Um, Larry 
actually comes from an engineering background as well. And for him to go out and talk about paid search, definitely he approached it from a different side. But when you talk about unicorns and exactly that entire strip, his entire branding persona, a lot of it just comes from that fact that that was an approachable kind of way to discuss a very systematic, algorithmic, difficult-to-grasp notion that it it's not everything that you're going to be doing is going to work 100% of the time, but that you should be systematically reviewing and finding that top 1% and using those those winnings to really dictate the remainder of your strategy. And that sounds a whole lot more, a whole lot more sexy when it, you call it a unicorn rather than some kind of golden pyramid scheme or something like that. Yeah, piece uh, of coefficient down that da 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 Yeah, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> that, yeah. Like if I, I drew that Venn diagram and I drew that, uh, that flow chart, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have the same ring as a, a gif with a unicorn shooting rainbows out of his eyes. And, and so, but that's, that's what the industry is. And if we... If you're talking to someone and you really have to excite them and your elevator pitch is only going to be 40 seconds to a minute and a half, you really do need to add some flair and add some meaning that people can walk away with and remember beyond the semantics. And so a lot of what Larry Kim has been successful with is specifically being memorable for things outside of just paid search, but kind of the walkaways and the attitude you have towards solving problems. Absolutely, I agree. If you can make your content more approachable that way, he's making himself, and as a personal branding lesson for all of us, you can make yourself more approachable that way and therefore uh, earn someone's trust a lot quicker as well. So, you know, people don't get intimidated. So that's fantastic. Mark, thank you so much for your time. That's this has truly been uh, an exciting masterclass for me. I really appreciate your time and all your insights. Uh, where can people reach you, find out about you, um, and also WordStream and all the great things that you guys are doing? Sure. Uh, so WordStream.com, WordStream.com backslash blog, updated every single day of the week. Um, I make it a point to include at least one post a month. Uh, newest, finest changes in AdWords being Facebook, I make it a point to include there, as well as a number of other different digital marketing strategies. If you want to follow the brand on Twitter, at WordStream, if you like this and you want to follow me on Twitter, at Mark Irvine, I-R-V-I-N-E, 89. And I post a, a fair mix of paid search and a fair mix of a whole lot of feelings about how, I, how I'm doing on the train that day. Yeah, awesome, awesome. Um, if, uh, I'll share all those links in the show notes. Um, and by the way, like if uh, I believe you you have a free grader too, right? That's yes. a great way for people to check out your product. And yeah, what's, what's the, the 10 second elevator pitch on the grader? How does that work? Absolutely. Wordsum.com backslash Google slash AdWords. Effectively, what it's going to do is it's going to look into your AdWords or your Bing account exactly one time. And it's going to highlight 12 separate areas that your account is doing well or your account is not doing as well to the other million accounts that have run the grader. So specifically, if you think you've got a great click-through rate or a great cost per click, put it to the test and see exactly how it compares to others. Fantastic. And again, that is free, people, for free. So great tool. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. And yeah, I look forward to 
seeing your posts around the web. Oh, thank you for having me, Moby. It's been fun. See, that, my friends, is one for the archives. If there ever was an episode you needed to download for later listening, this is one. Whether it's identifying where you are in your own, I guess, paid media maturity stage, right? You've got to crawl before you can run. Or even how you use paid Google Ads for content. A lot of good stuff in that. WordStream is just one of the tools our PPC account managers at RedPandas use, and I honestly could not speak more highly of it. I've used it. I rate it. It works. Of course, if you want to check out the full show notes, definitely grab them at redpandas.com.au forward slash EP52. I'll link to everything Mark mentioned, including the free AdWords grader he spoke of. Be sure to hit up Mark and follow him if you haven't. And if you haven't already, definitely check out the WordStream blog. This is one you should definitely add to your mix of content if you want to know the latest and greatest, particularly in the world of paid media. Don't forget, you can catch me, moby at redpandas.com.au via email or on Twitter at MobySadiq or on LinkedIn. I appreciate and respond to each and every message. Thank you, guys. It always makes my day to hear from you. And of course, I'll catch you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit. My guest today is Mark Irvine. Sorry, is it Irvine or Irvin? Irvine. Irvine. Okay, good. All right. I've embarrassed myself saying people's names wrong before. I don't want to do it with you. Don't worry. Okay. 